1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
2: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm in my home studio recording far far away from my producer barry finkel hi barry hey matt how are you doing today i'm good i was hungry before this fascinating so if i seem low energy it's because i wanted a snack and i went to make a snack which was i have like no food in my apartment right now uh-huh. except for like all the food that i have and i went to microwave I have these like microwave meatballs from Trader Joe's. Mm, Yum. They say on the package to microwave them for four minutes, which I did, which seemed like a long time. And when they came out, they were literally two smoking balls of charcoal. (laughs) (laughs) Rock hard, could not
3: even pierce them with a fork. So I did not have a snack. You just have a strong microwave. Well, I also didn't really have lunch. So you want to know what's in this cup that I'm sipping on? If it's
2: broth, I'll hang on. It's up. broth.
3: It's broth. <laughs> Stop eating broth. What is that is not food. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's nutrients. No nutrients. What are you talking about? Also, I'm sorry if people can hear that. That's putty drinking water.
2: Yeah. He's sending a signal that says this is actual sustenance.
3: Broth is food. I'm, I'm like firmly anti-broth.
2: I don't understand the broth trend. People will, <laughs> people will have just like bone broth. And and consider that a meal. I feel like it mm-hmm. is bad. Anyway, what is coming up on today's episode? Well, first of course, we'll start off with worst things first, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into Halloween costumes, cause it's Halloween season, and I'm about to see all of the costumes that I hate which let's be honest it's every halloween costume except There's for no our halloween costume really that i'm ever charmed by it's, at most you're gonna get a, a soft chuckle out of me <laughs> for your halloween costume at most that is the best i can promise at worst i'll kill you oh and finally we've got comedian elementary school teacher that's right and host of the podcast social studies joe dombrowski on the pod we get into mashed potatoes being a kindergarten teacher and so much more so let's get into it let's do it let's start the show All right, worst things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, a woman in Northern California, you'll love this story. Oh, great. Who said she saw some rattlesnakes scurrying under her house. No, thank you. Called in a reptile expert and was surprised to find more than 90 rattlesnakes getting ready to hibernate under her house.
3: Okay hibernate what reserved for the bears snake shouldn't be allowed to do that um also nine zero 90
2: 90 uh, which is approximately 90 more rattlesnakes than should be allowed anywhere anywhere
3: at any moment in any time of any day that is deeply upsetting to me um i would move i would i would knock down the house and move
2: like picture right now one snake no. in your hands no. And then multiply it by 90 snakes.
3: Um, I, I'm i not going to imagine that because I already did therapy this week. Um, And I'm not seeing my therapist for another two weeks. So, no, I refuse to imagine that because I will go into a full panic attack.
2: I'm trying to do the math on, like, if a if snake is, like, two feet long, that's 180 feet worth of rattlesnakes.
3: Burn that house down. Which is,
2: like... 60 yards is that right don't ask me i don't do math that's like more than half a football field of snakes
3: people love to throw out football fields as a point of reference i when's the last time i was near a football field that has no spatial understanding for me
2: 100 yards i feel like it was a pretty american kind of standard unit of distance i
3: know i mean I don't even know how far I am from the wall in front of me.
2: How did you graduate from like high school? <laughs>
3: I did fail my last math class, but then I got an A in my first math class in college. So, you know, I make no sense. The director of the Sonoma County
2: Reptile Rescue said, quote, I kept finding snakes for the next almost four hours, <laughs> which is absurd. Four hours of finding snakes. Wow. No, sir. No, thank no, you. No, sir. No, sir. He used a snake pole to remove 22 adult rattlesnakes and 59 babies (gasps) and then returned twice more since then and collected 11 more snakes that he didn't get the first time. He also found a dead cat and a dead possum unrelated.
3: I'm just going to go ahead and say as much as I hate snakes, it sounds like these ones really knew how to throw a party.
2: They were absolutely thriving (laughs) under this house. They had everything. They got dead possums, dead cats, fucking rocks everywhere. It's This was a rattlesnake fuck fest slash baby making. Commune? Engine. <laughs> yeah. One of them was like the Charles Manson snake <laughs> who uh, grew out his beard really long and was kind of like, you know, he'd wear a bunch of white clothes and then mm-hmm. convince everybody to murder like D-list celebrities. Oh my God,
3: They weren't hibernating. They had just taken the Kool-Aid.
2: Right. Different cult, but I, I know. get the sentiment. You know. <laughs> um, I guess when these people moved into their house or when the house was built, usually they like remove a bunch of rocks that the house is built on top of. So I guess there was a bunch of like big rocks and they built it just on top of the rocks. Sure. But rattlesnakes fucking love rocks. <laughs> And that's where they thrive. It's a great house for them. And so the guy was like, yeah, they just love your rocks. It's nice and warm. And they'll probably come back every year unless you do something about this. So the more, you know, have fun in your rattlesnake house. Anyway, next. Two men in Rhode Island have agreed to pay $5,000 each to settle a case that authorities say touched off a needless An expensive ocean search and rescue effort after they fired maritime distress flares to celebrate their friend's wedding.
3: (laughs) You know, I can't think of
2: unpack that. I can't
3: think of any other way I'd want to be celebrated. You know, like, oh, yes, I'm I'm committing to this person I'm in love with. You know what I need? Distress flares thrown into the ocean. Yes. Thank right. you so much.
2: Yeah. This is the equivalent of pulling the ocean's fire alarm <laughs> is what you've done. <laughs> According to the Coast Guard, this town, um, New Shoreham, I don't know, everything sounds like a fucking can of soup. So the Coast Guard said that it spent more than $100,000 combined responding to these flares, which is a little like, wow, Really? <laughs> How did you spend a hundred grand? It costs that much to fire up your little boat?
3: Yeah. What is the price of gas super high right now?
2: They're like, yeah. I mean, first, we did have to have an entire lobster dinner. <laughs> we had to treat ourselves because of how stressful it was when we saw that one flare. But I guess, I mean, they so, so these two guys, it was their friend's wedding. They decided that they were going to go out into the water, fire three flares that they figured could be seen from their friend's wedding reception. And then a bunch of people noticed the flares, as you should, yep. and reported it. And then the Coast Guard sent out like a full search and rescue effort that apparently cost $100,000. And so, Finally, they tracked down the men who did it. They were aged 31 and 33. So I just always assume like this type of idiocy is like people up older than me must be doing this stuff. This is the shen- shenanigans of grown men. Okay. In Rhode Island, I know exactly what these men were wearing. Okay. Break it Salmon down. pants with little sailboats <laughs> on them. Okay. Uh, a, a Cloth belt. But with a very shiny metal clasp in the middle. Uh But it has that extra, extra bit of belt that hangs down in the front. Oh, yeah. Boat shoes, Sperry's, tricolor. Okay. A polo shirt with the collar slightly pulled up. Uh Uh-huh. And then a linen blazer. That's it. Yeah. And probably a puka shell necklace, unironically. Yeah. Puka shell necklace. Are
3: you like... Sweating and hard right now, thinking about that outfit. You're just like, yes.
2: Are you? No. <laughs> okay. Then keep your offensive questions to yourself. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did own a number of boat shoes in college. I believe I've discussed this before. There it is. I still probably have pairs in this apartment that have that trickled through. Anyway, these men also, it wasn't even their flare gun, they borrowed a flare gun. Also, they recorded it and posted it on social media. That's how they got found (laughs) out. So, that's... (sighs) When will people learn? Stop documenting your crimes.
3: Uh, Also, whatever happened to fireworks?
2: Yeah. You know, it's probably not going to get you arrested and charged with $10,000 a firework. Anyway, and finally, a Tennessee entrepreneur whose hot tub on wheels is one of downtown Nashville's best-known party vehicles, has been told to stop operating a public swimming pool without a permit.
3: Fuck you, government.
2: Yeah, what I'm hearing a lot in today's stories are some government (laughs) overreach, okay? We got people saying, oh, oh, I can't operate my very normal business of driving around a hot tub (laughs) without a permit. And then charging people to get into my hot tub car. <laughs> it's like you can't even drive drive around a car and ask people to get in it without the government coming around and telling you to stop.
3: Ugh, what country are we living in? So
2: the Nashville metropolitan government asked a judge to temporarily shut down the mobile hot tub. In a lawsuit that they filed this week, and um, they're scheduling a hearing. So the health department informed the Music City Party Tub, which is what it's called, that uh, has been a regular presence in downtown Nashville uh, for the past few years. Um, It claims on its website that it allows at least six or seven hot tub revelers to soak at one time. I guess while it's moving?
3: I... That sounds... I would throw up everywhere. I'm sorry, but I get dizzy just being in a stable hot tub because it's so hot. The idea of that then being on the move. Also, I don't want people to see me.
2: Also, is it like a gas powered hot tub? How does it operate? I
3: I don't know. (laughs) I see why he's an
2: entrepreneur. Is it just like literally a tub of warm water? Which is also upsetting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when, when the guy started, and also, by the way, his name is Guy, Guy Williams. Mm-hmm. So whenever you think of the name of someone who would start a hot tub business, I think, yeah, that guy. <laughs> and it is. The guy who started it submitted plans and he applied for a permit and then it was inspected and they told him what to fix, but he never returned to get the actual permit. Mm. So it's like maybe if you hadn't like gone through the first part of it, they wouldn't have known. Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Famously in the Bible. Amen. Then after they told him to stop, he submitted a claim that said he was exempt because the hot tub fell 50 gallons shy of a minimum capacity for a public pool. Okay. So he was like, it's fine. I'm not operating a public pool. I would need 50 more gallons for it to qualify as a public pool. And then they were like, "Um, cool. We don't know what exemption you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That exemption doesn't exist. We write the exemptions. (laughs) We don't know where you're getting this number from, but stop driving your hot tub around and inviting people into it. You got to dot your eyes across your T's before you can just drive a hot tub around and ask people (laughs) to get in it for money. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into Halloween costumes. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive. Dive. Deep dive. Well, it's Halloween week, people, which means everybody's going to pressure me into wearing a costume, even though I'm an adult man and I don't have time for arts and crafts, okay? It doesn't matter how much you complain, Halloween costumes come for all of us at some point or another. So I figure we can dive deep into the stupidest Halloween costumes of all time, a.k.a really the most popular Halloween costumes of all time, AKA the costumes that we've all seen at one point or another, the costumes you get at every Halloween party, the costumes hanging at the front of every spirit Halloween store, they're an abomination. And if you see them out and about this Halloween, I give you permission to egg them in the face on sight. I'm in take no prisoners mode on this Halloween. It's not dead or alive, okay? It's dead. For the record, I am not condoning physical violence.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Even though you just did.
2: I mean, metaphorically dead.
3: Metaphorical eggs on metaphorical faces.
2: Right. So
3: let's get into it. These are the worst
2: Halloween costumes of all time. First is the superhero costume, which is really just an excuse to wear like a bold showing tights in public. Fair. And guess what? You better have a bulge worth putting on display if you're gonna jam your jimmies into spandex and parade them around uh, late October air. Also, I'm like generally not a fan of any clothes that require full removal in order to take a piss then
3: you clearly don't wear jumpers all the time.
2: Clearly I do not. No.
3: It's really an issue.
2: I don't need to be waiting for the bathroom at a Halloween party while a naked Clark Kent <laughs> is hanging up his Superman onesie just so he can pee.
3: Is it worse to have the like fake abs on the costume? Yes. Yes. Okay. I just, you know, I feel like that was an important question. I
2: didn't even hear what is worse. Just that was the only side of the comparison that I heard.
3: (laughs) To have that or to not have that, basically. Because, you know, they have the ones that have like the fake abs in them. And then they have ones that are just like a shirt, you know?
2: No, don't show fake abs if you can't prove it. No false (laughs) advertising, folks. Okay? (laughs) Really, my beef is specifically with spandex kind of onesie wearing Costumes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that particular brand of superhero costume because I'll be honest, even a well-placed bulge does not look good in spandex
3: not always.
2: I don't think there's ever an occasion where it actually is is good. It just looks like. You know, that one Halloween decoration that's like, you know, you kind of hang it on the wall and it looks like a scary face that's pushing through the wall. Yes. And you can make out the eyes and the mouth. That's what your dick looks like in spandex. (laughs) Even the best place dick. If I can see vein through the spandex, we have a problem.
3: It's too tight, people. It's too tight.
2: Anyway, next pirate costumes. Oh, oh, you think dressing up as Captain Jack Sparrow is some kind of joke, don't you? You, Oh, you think parading around as some rag-wearing homosexual alcoholic is some type of fantasy to aspire to, do you?
3: I once dressed up as a pirate, but no, 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 not for Halloween, but to go to the midnight viewing of Pirates of the Caribbean 2 <laughs> the night it came out.
2: Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, this was like- that's a
3: brag. <laughs>
2: 2017. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, we fully dressed up.
2: I think I've said this before, but my last Halloween, like you know, I used to go trick or treating every year as a Uh as a child, and well into when I was too old to be trick or treating. And the last costume that I remember wearing was as Jack Sparrow, and I was too old. (laughs) Because when did the first
3: first pirate came out? probably like
2: 2003 I, so I would have been
3: 2004 and then the next one I think I was a freshman in high school when the second one came out
2: the first one came out in 2003 so I would have been 13 which was like just too old to be trick-or-treating
3: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just remember walking around as Jack Sparrow being like I'm this is I'm too big for this <laughs> I can't be asking for free candy when I have a full-blown job.
3: You should either be in costume trick-or-treating when you're a child, or you can be in costume getting absolutely plastered as an adult. There's no in-between for Halloween.
2: True, true, true. I would also say zombie costumes are despicable.
3: I don't like them.
2: I hate a zombie costume. No. If I see a single element of makeup that is intended to look like blood or flesh... I will cancel the entire party. I'll throw up in the middle of the floor so everybody is disgusted to be there. I want you to feel like what I feel like when I see your flesh falling off of your face. I despise you. You're filthy. I just question, like, all of your life choices when I see that.
3: And if you are going as a zombie to a party, guess what, bitch? You don't get to eat or drink anything, okay? Don't go
2: anywhere near the snack table. I swear <laughs> to God. I, Whenever I see... First of all, a Halloween snack table is already repulsive. I'm already like my appetite is just on the ground. I just the environment of a Halloween party is such that I feel disgusted. (laughs) That is the environment that it engenders when everybody is in that type of costumery. Uh It was like. We went to a Halloween store, walked in. Immediately, it smells like melting crayons. That Disgusting. is the, the smell, it's like a weird, rubbery, melted crayon smell that brings me back to childhood. And I hate it so much. That is, if I smell that smell at your Halloween party, it just smells like industrial, gross, not clean. I don't want to eat anything. No. I also don't like anything that is... Any food item that is intended to evoke, like, innards.
3: Yeah. Or, and just, I don't want my food to scare me.
2: No, the intention of food is to be appetizing to me. To bring me joy. I don't mind, like, cute Halloween food. Yeah. But, like, if you're going to have a gross Halloween party, don't serve food.
3: (laughs) And also, don't invite us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) True.
3: Next. The doctor
2: costume. Not a fan of the doctor costume. We get it. You own Scrubs previously, okay? (laughs) 99 times out of 10, the adult in the doctor costume at the Halloween party is a doctor in real life who just couldn't be bothered to pretend to be anything else because they spent 20 fucking years in medical school to refuse to have fun. Or they're a nurse who is using this one day of fantasy to pretend like they did go to medical school. Either way, I will accept slutty doctor costumes exclusively
3: okay okay
2: if you're going as a doctor you better be a slutty doctor and yes i am pro slutty costumes i think every costume should be the slutty version of that costume
3: what else is halloween for yeah certainly not scaring people
2: i support you know slutty the grinch slutty oscar the grouch slutty shrek snuffleupagus Slutty the Count from Sesame Street.
3: Okay, so just slutty Muppets? I'm, I'm getting a slutty Muppets vibe from you. Slutty
2: Bert and Ernie. Honestly, Bert and Ernie are already on the verge of sluts. Next! What other costumes do I hate? Princess costumes! Guess what, babe? Monarchy is dead, actually. Done. Feminism? What about being something like oh oh I don't know a woman CEO? (laughs) Too scary. How about a woman cab driver? Okay, (laughs) something groundbreaking for a change.
3: Break that glass ceiling.
2: But no, you gotta get your tits out as Elsa. I just if you're going for something sexy, make it a challenge. Sexy Olaf. Ooh. Sexy Sven the reindeer from Frozen. Yes. Those are the only other characters I know from Frozen. Anyway, what else? Ghost costumes. The only ghost costume I accept is if you are literally translucent. Okay? <laughs> I want to see through you. Do you you think Casper went through everything that Casper went through? Dying in, in that chimney fire or however the fuck he died? For you to disrespect his name by showing up with your shitty 50 thread count potato sack ass sheet? just thrown over your dirty head. Although I will admit the ideal Halloween costume is just to be fully nude with a sheet over you and two eye holes. Next, cat costumes. Uh Uh-oh. The only cat I will accept is full Jellicle.
3: Say it again for the people in the back. Full
2: stage makeup. I want to have to squint to see where your skin stops and the cat skin begins. (laughs) And if you're like, Matt, how am I supposed to be sexy as a Jellicle cat? Well, you haven't been fucking paying attention, have you? You show up to my house's Rum Tum Tugger, you're getting Rum Tum Tugged off, okay? I'll do it myself. I'll Rum Tum Tug you right off in front of all of the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Trick or treat? You bet. I'll give you both. But yeah, we have advanced too far as society in terms of Halloween costumes to accept just cat ears and, you know, a little black dot on the tip of your nose.
3: It's disrespectful.
2: It's honestly, I would say it's disrespectful. Yeah. (laughs) Next. Any costume that is just a 90s movie reference. Oh, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, you're Laura Dern's character in Jurassic Park. Oh 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 you're clueless from clueless. Oh 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 you're the spice girl? Grow up. There've been two entire decades since the 90s. We're done.
3: Stop bringing it back. 2000s nostalgia is it. It's where it's at.
2: I do respect. I feel like that was a couple of years ago, but the gays were like at the height of the Laura Dern like gay obsession. Everyone was going as her character in Jurassic Park because it's basically just short shorts
3: and like an open blouse,
2: yeah, and like an open coral blouse. Next, minions. If I see a single monocle in an overall ensemble, <laughs> I will set myself on fire in protest. Minions are a scourge on society.
3: I still don't understand it.
2: Minions are the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Minions (laughs) are to blame for all of our global ills. They are a a radical religious cult designed to live their lives in slavery. True. True. They're an affront to decency, an affront to freedom, and they they should be killed without question.
3: They're also the worst ride at Universal, so fight me.
2: Yeah, there are no redeemable minions. They speak an unknown terrorist language, and I won't stand for it.
3: I did once wear a bright orange turtleneck with overalls to work one day. And yeah. then my coworker was like, um, you're a minion today.
2: You absolutely <laughs> deserve to be ridiculed.
3: <laughs> I had no intention. Um, and, it, and I will never wear that outfit again.
2: <laughs> I had never looked up the plot of Minions and had no idea that they are literally a slave race. Yes. That exclusively... ...know how to serve a master.
3: Yeah, like an evil master.
2: Right. And in the absence of an evil master, they get like horrifically depressed.
3: Yeah. And you wonder why Americans fucking love (laughs) Minions.
2: (laughs) What kind of sick fuck came up with that plot? Anyway, like the 10th highest grossing film of all time. (laughs) (sighs) And finally... I would argue that the best Halloween costume is Scout Finch's Halloween costume in the To Kill a Mockingbird movie, which is just a ham. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's just a big piece of meat and it says ham on it. It is just my favorite, my favorite Halloween costume. Let me see. I'll paste it. Just an icon. (laughs) (laughs) It's a ham. Not even in the shape of any recognizable piece of ham. No, it looks like a bottle. almost in the shape of a beer (laughs) bottle that just has not two eye holes, but just one big gaping (laughs) hole that her face is kind of poking through. And then on the stomach, it says ham. (laughs) Icon. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Choose your Halloween costumes wisely, folks. You have been warned. Next, we got Joe Dombrowski on the pod right after this commercial break.
5: You can listen to the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. My guest
2: complainer today is a stand-up comedian and elementary school teacher. When he's not teaching slash touring, he's also the host of the podcast Social Studies. You may have seen his viral April Fool's video where he pranked his students. Or from uh, the multiple subsequent appearances on The Ellen Show, welcome Joe Dombrowski.
4: Oh my goodness. So great to be here. I love, I love, I love, I thrive. Thank you
2: where in the world are you right now
4: seattle washington A beautiful rainy day yeah
2: how is the uh how is the northwest
4: oh it's taking an adjustment i'm originally from detroit so Uh like when i moved here i realized that like i'm a little too hard for these people and i think i think it took them a minute to get used to me because like if i see it i'm saying it and (laughs) they like to play this like this beautiful little dance around what we're actually talking about. And I'm over here like, here's the thing. Don't do that to me because I'm not going to do that to you. So it did take a moment for me to feel comfortable in my space.
2: So you're walking into Starbucks and just kind of giving everybody their read for the morning. And they're like, hold up. We're going to be a little shadier than you.
4: You know what? It's not shade. It's the truth. (laughs) Like I'm just and and I'm just like, boom. That's my thing. Like if you're going to come at me with some shit. I am going to tell you what it was that you did. I'm not going to do this. I was in I was in a meeting one time when I was teaching mm-hmm. and they taught me this thing called this like feedback sandwich where they're like you give a compliment, then yeah. you tell them what they need to work on, then you end with a compliment. I'm like how about we don't waste time and I just tell them what they need to work on <laughs> because that's what you got to do. You
2: got to soften the blow though. We can't go straight
4: in. Can we?
2: It's funny though, cause I, I mean, yeah, you can, you can shove it right in, but I'm, you know. I'm not
4: mean though. I'm not mean. <laughs> like I, I like, I, I would. Okay, maybe I'm a little. I, I'm a good person.
2: Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um. Okay. So our big question: What is one thing you hate? that everybody else loves.
4: You're either going to vibe with me on this or you're just like gonna <laughs> cut me off from your circle. Okay, good, I, I, have my, I have being. my
2: finger on the leave zoom button.
4: Thank you. Um, we're just gonna go into it, it's mashed potatoes. What? Hate.
2: Categorically, all mashed potatoes.
4: All mashed potatoes. It doesn't, it does not matter. Here's the thing. It's not potatoes. I can get down with a garlic red skin. I can do a uh, French fry, if you will. Uh uh When potatoes are mashed, it is a hard pass for me. I think it's the cross. It's like a textural thing plus a I just don't like it thing. And even when I was a baby, I would just spit them out. And yeah. still, I try every Thanksgiving. I give myself a little taste test, and I'm like, nope, still hate them. And it's it's a visceral hate. And
2: we're talking actual mashed potatoes, not like Midwestern. I'm pouring powder out of a box and adding water, and that is mashed potatoes in air quotes.
4: We're talking all mashed potatoes. It doesn't matter if it's a box. It doesn't matter if your mima is making them fresh for some Yukon Golds. I am yeah. not into it.
2: You just got blacklisted in Idaho, I by the way. No,
4: I know. But here's the thing, like, to each their own, like, mm-hmm. and I don't like mashed potatoes. So everyone's just going to move past it and accept that my taste buds are different. Do you like mashed other things? Yes, I totally do. Like, I can get down with a little, like, mashed pea, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> when I'm like in London or whatever. And I sure. love, you know what I'm talking about? And <laughs> <Absolutely> I could- Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> I could get down with like some smashed, some other type of grain. I love, here's an, an, uh, the, the closest creamy thing I can think is kind of like grits. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mashed potatoes, hate it.
2: That's so strange because they're they're essentially the same thing in well, my
4: mind. Okay, here's the thing. To too. my palate, <laughs> I have tried to dress them up with like some uh-huh. gravy or perhaps like a little bit of cheddar. Right. It's a hard pass. It is like no. I've done the whole KFC mashed potato bowl with chicken and all that in it. No. It, it, it's yeah. a no. It's a no. 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 Wait. Mashed sweet potatoes. Yes, ma'am. See, mashed regular is, potatoes. I mean, no.
2: I love a mashed sweet potato, but in my it's the same thing. It's the same thing as a mashed potato.
4: Oh God! It literally
2: is a mashed potato.
4: (laughs) I can't. I can't see it.
2: I like a more pulpy mashed potato. (laughs)
4: Like, where you still have the you still have
2: the (laughs) semblance of a potato in there. It's not like a pure puree
4: no Ooh. i
2: thought that would be more palatable to you you could be oh. more on board with that because it still resembles its initial form
4: when there are chunks in it yeah like, that's where i lose that's where like i'm like i need to leave like because it is just i just Honestly, I'm not. My stomach is flipping (laughs) like this is not. I
2: mean, I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't want to make you throw up on on my podcast, but um, it is. It is an appalling opinion. Listen, (laughs) you do you. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to force feed you potatoes but right, it is are, an egregious position.
4: This is why I'm very nervous when I have to when my time comes to be in a nursing home because I know <laughs> mashed potatoes are going to be at every single meal and I'm just going to be at the buffet like here's the thing can I skip the potatoes and go straight to the cod like I don't know I can't I can't do this.
2: Yeah what, what is the like cuisine of of the Northwest is there a lot of seafood yeah. Ugh.
4: lots of sea- oh really
2: I'm not a seafood person myself
4: Oh, because I am I'll double down on some seafood, especially if it's got a shell, shellfish all day. And then any type of seafood. It's fantastic here. The food's I'm scene sure here you're thrives. getting the
2: best of it. You're getting the best of it, but I just yeah, I don't know. I think all fish sort of taste the same like. I don't all. like I don't like how fish are the one thing that we eat <laughs> that like you see in a tank like beforehand sometimes or yes. like lobster where they let you pick it out. Although maybe they don't do that anymore. It's just like it's a weird. Uh, there's not enough distance between what it is in the water and what it is on my plate.
4: I was just listening to another comedian. I think it might have been Rosebud Baker. But yeah, so- she
2: talked about that fish? <laughs> on this podcast. It was your
4: podcast? <laughs> it was your podcast? <laughs> She did I, think I, I unless she clip. talked about
2: it and shit's it angered her so much that she continued talking about it on others. but she we talked about fish, yeah, and
4: how they how they look the same alive as they do dead. And I was like, I never thought about that until right now, and they do, yeah, but so yeah. do people. Sure, (laughs) if that's
2: on your dinner plate, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's for the. uh, In terms of the most famous kind of cannibals, it's usually in the northwest. Let's be honest. So you're in you're in cannibal country.
4: Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer did his hunting in Chicago, Mister Man. So,
2: but did he eat the people?
4: Yes, 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 yes. I
2: thought he just used them as furniture.
4: Oh no, he straight up put them in the fridge and did it for dinner and he he specifically went after their channels
2: uh, i mean you know an awful lot about this and i'm a little afraid
4: i'm like <laughs> mr rabbit hole faller downer it doesn't i like i get sucked into very specific things and jeffrey Dahmer was one of them unfortunately <laughs> sorry my uh-huh. ADHD is like off the rails today
2: <laughs> i mean i uh i wish i'm I wish I had more ADHD, frankly. Um, I think like I would thrive with Adderall. Um, You know, as a teacher, I don't know if you have uh, unfettered access to Adderall at all times. I'd be pilfering for my students.
4: Unfettered. Oh my gosh, you're better than me for that word. (laughs) That was great. Unfettered? Ooh, sure. Um,
2: I don't even know if I used it right, but I said it.
4: We're going to own it. Okay. I don't know that I have unfettered. I mean, I have my own like that. Sure. 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 But yeah, it's one of those professions like like crooked nurses, how they can like take pills like teachers could do the same thing from your kids if you like played if you did it right, which is really weird to think about. But I actually don't take medicine that often, especially to teach because I I taught kindergarten and Mm -hmm. I feel like my ADHD is what made me a stellar kindergarten teacher because you have to be able to conquer some shit that you've never done before right now. And while you're doing that, this kid's about to cut her own hair. This one's going to (laughs) stick gum in that one's hair. And also the Uh other one is flinging scissors around like nunchucks and they've just been sharpened and you have to handle it all immediately because the bell's about to ring and you got to get them out the door and I can handle that. Yeah, I can do it. It
2: does help if you're dealing with like Twitter in real life. Just everybody is going insane right in front of you. Yes. There's you can't focus on one thing for more than a minute anyway.
4: Yes. Yes. And that's uh, that's where my ADHD is like a gift. And I actually do love it. I I really love it. So I own it.
2: having ADHD. I do. Yeah. Okay. okay.
4: Yeah, I I feel like it's what... I truly feel like it's what makes me, me. I feel like when I'm medicated, I'm I'm a totally different person. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like I connect deeper with the students that I've had who have ADHD so they can see like you can be a successful adult with this. And you don't have to be ashamed of it. Or if you don't want to, you don't even have to change it about you. You just find out how to capitalize on it.
2: Right, right. Mm -hmm. Which is... Teach kindergarten, <laughs> and do comedy, comic. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> and that's about your only options.
2: So, for the people at home, you you are you still teaching slash doing comedy? We're we're juggling it all.
4: We're not right now. Uh, okay, I was for a very long time for the majority of my career. So I left the profession officially in the nineteen twenty school year. I was on tour in Australia and Canada, Got and it. that's when I was like. Okay, I'm out. And then uh, the pandy happened and it was time to go back, right? Well, it was time to be on lockdown and I lost all my shows. And then Mm -hmm. I was just sitting here bored. I had like nothing to write about besides literally nothing, I guess. And uh, a school right by me announced that they were doing what a lot of schools did, which was lower class sizes and add a section of each grade level so that they could safely get kids into the classroom. Mm -hmm, So um, mm -hmm. there was a kindergarten position specifically that opened up in the school. And I just applied on a whim because I do love teaching. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have a skill. I have the time and the and the credentials, like, let's put in. And I got it. And it was the best year of my teaching career ever, ever. And that was
2: all, like, Zoom kindergarten?
4: For half of it, yeah. Yep. Which sounds
2: like a combination of all of my least favorite things. (laughs) Okay. I can't imagine like wrangling children over the internet.
4: Oh, and it, the hardest thing I've ever done by far, but it sent my creativity into overdrive. So, like, example, we're teaching subtraction and they give us all these PowerPoints to give the kids. I'm like, these kids Mm -hmm. are not going to respond to me lecturing a PowerPoint over a computer when they're in their bedroom, they're five years old. So what I did is um, I mailed them all five dog bones uh-huh. and then um, I had our dog with us and I said, okay, you have five, throw one across the room. So when they would throw it across the room, my partner was on the other side throwing a dog bone to my dog. So my dog would <laughs> get it. I was like, okay, uh-huh. look in your hand now. How many dog bones do you have? They're like Four. You can subtract. so it's it was all about just getting it like you had to meet them on their level in this world that had never been created before. And that's when my brain was like, "Do it. Go for it. go big yeah. or go home. so it was it was kind of cool. I
2: do love that you had to turn it into like a, a literal like family circus act in order to <laughs> teach that these children.
4: Kindergarten, it's all it is. It is a circus act, and you are the ringleader. That's yeah. bottom line.
2: I don't know. You said that, and I'm like, did I even learn subtraction in kindergarten? I don't even remember what you teach kindergartners. I think it was just teaching teaching people how to, like, sit still and not not choke.
4: So I was, you don't typically teach teach subtraction in kindergarten but i had the advanced group oh okay okay. so we went we 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 were able to go for it that is not a common thing
2: you had the uh the special kids who could handle five minus one yeah
4: the rest of them were learning how to wipe their ass like legit so yeah yeah
2: which i can't even imagine i don't i think that's illegal to teach on zoom i would imagine
4: oh for sure well yeah a lot of people teach it, it's kind of funny, with balloons. You you tie two balloons to the back of the student's chair and then they, they practice reaching behind and getting in <laughs> between the two balloons. I it's it kindergarten's weird. I'm sorry. And you don't understand. If you don't teach that, do you know much how much literal shit you have to deal with in kindergarten? Like I literal. Can
2: only imagine. Yeah.
4: Imagine walking around your office, right? And all of a sudden there's like a mystery smell and you can't find it. That is teaching kindergarten.
2: That is absolutely horrifying. And like, yeah, the fact that you did that for more than like, like I would encounter that you deal with it once and then I would say, okay, never again and then i would i would absolutely pivot to you know construction work or <laughs> yeah like assistant managing a target i would not I absolutely would not return. But and you I did it for a while.
4: That, I, I appreciate that you said that too, because the truth is, is like if you can't do it, like don't do it. I tell teachers yeah. that all the time. Like I've had some kindergarten teachers who are just miserable, like mm-hmm. vent to me. And I'm like, here's the thing, girlfriend. There's a million other things you could do. Go do it. No one's keeping you here. But I yeah. love it. So like I'm gonna stay. But you gotta be honest with yourself on that.
2: Right. I've been listening to episodes of your podcast. Um It's called Social Studies. For people who uh, may not know it, give us the the, the lowdown.
4: Social Studies, the podcast where we study being social by being social. A little little play on teaching, if you will. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the goal of the podcast, it's open. It's for all people. But I talk mainly about like what happens in education. And I take It started as me just giving you the daily dosage of what happened in kindergarten the week before. Mm -hmm. And now I'm taking submissions on very specific topics from my fans and reading their experiences and then giving my two cents on it. I'm very excited for this upcoming episode because it's talent show disasters. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
4: I used to be the talent show director director at the school, and very openly called it the talentless show, so you could just tell what's about to
2: For come. For what age group were we're in these talent shows?
4: K through five, so five years old to twelve. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it was horrible. They were horrible. I've not seen a good one. Okay, there was maybe like one like decent one that with some vocal training, she might be able to do community theater. But other than that, like they're... I mean, yeah, no
2: child under 12 has talent. But when they get creative... (laughs) Tell your kids this, everybody listening. You can quote me on that. Your children do not have talent.
4: They don't have talent, unless you're Christina Aguilera, which we're never going to get another one of those. But they when sometimes they'd get creative and they believe they're good at these. Like I had a kid one time who's like, I'm going to break dance and I'm like, go for it. He like put out some cardboard on the table and, and just (laughs) pranced around it. Like he was, I I don't know, like just got injected with like a horse tranquilizer or something. Yeah. He he was on ketamine. He was 100% just like in his own world. And I'm back there like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is horrifically amazing. It's those ones that you live for.
2: Yeah. That is the thing I think that I would be conflicted by. Cause like as as the director, you want them to be good, but as a gay who lives for drama, you want them to suck. To suck. Um, there's you talked about steaming your clothes while you were wearing them. Let's talk about that.
4: Fried my fucking nipples. <laughs> I I literally thought I was gonna have no nipples. Okay. Yeah. This, now, people are like, that's common sense. And I'm over here like, is it? Okay, I don't know. I stretched my shirt out pretty far. Yeah. And then I took the steamer under my shirt and steamed the just oh. the bottom. But what happened is um, I thought the steam would just go through. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I thought it would just go through my shirt. It billowed up to yeah. my Nipal's. <laughs> And scorched them, and I was literally like, if I needed to make steamed milk for a cappuccino right now, I could, because these nipples are raw. They were <laughs> red, blistered nippies, like it was... And then they were rubbing against my shirt all day. I had to put those big Band-Aids over them, like I was stopping myself from lactating. It uh-huh. was it was a moment in time. They have since healed. There is no Good. scarring, but I... I burnt my friggin' nipples off doing that. Is that common sense? Like, would you know not to do that?
2: Um, I may or may not have done that once. I mean, you only do it once.
4: Please. Oh, right. Same. Now, make me feel better. Tell me your story.
2: Mine was, I did it, um, I think I was still, I also stretched it out, stretched Mm -hmm. out the shirt, and it it was trying to just do kind of one spot, but it was on the outside going in, I believe which is maybe less, but I also expect like you don't expect the heat to kind of get trapped in the garment, which is what happens. Yeah. And (laughs) it creates just kind of this, this, this little fireball under your shirt.
4: Yeah. Yeah. When it happened, the fans like came through with science and were like, steam is hotter than the water. And I'm like, okay, y'all act like I'm a friggin' like chemist and or candy maker. Like I should have known that I didn't.
2: Yeah. I was also um, shocked, appalled, um, gasping when uh, I listened to uh, a story in which I think you were talking as yourself and Mm -hmm. not reading something that someone had submitted, that um, you sent a certain picture to your mother. That was you.
4: I was talking as myself. I was talking about <laughs> Okay. a okay. very unfortunate situation. Well, let's just dive right in.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, just not to reopen old
4: wounds. I was, how do you say, a bit of a hoe. Sure. In my early 20s. So I am flagrantly sending out my genitals in the form of a picture to um, potential suitors who did, mind you, consented to these. Right. We're just going to leave it out there. And one of them, it was going to places. We were going to do acts. Sure. And I was a a little bit not in the right state of mind and just sent it to the last person that I had texted, who happened to be my mother. (laughs) And I dropped my phone. I panicked. I was shook, shaking, uh, not able to comprehend the moment. But something overcame me. And I think it was my ADHD acting. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was like, this old bitch don't know how to work her phone. Sure. So how about I just spam her with just random letters over and over and over and over and over again. So it'll go way, 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 way up. So when uh-huh. she opens the text, she won't see it. So this is like first generation iPhone, right? Okay. Right. So so I then call her and I'm just like, walk away wherever you are. Walk away and speak to me. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to explain this to you. I need you to listen to my instructions and do every single thing I tell you right now. Do you understand? And she like could hear the serocity in my voice. So I walked her through how to delete a thread without ever opening it, and she did it. To my knowledge, she did it. So right. I'm thinking that she did not see um, what had been sent to her. Mm-hmm. And that, and that mm-hmm. was divine intervention.
2: Yeah, and that's the benefit of that kind of earlier iPhone technology. Because if that had been today, if that, if that photo would be like blown up in the cloud, set as a screensaver, floating around on a desktop, like she would no have, escape.
4: she would have went to open it and accidentally put it on Reddit. Like that's yeah. what would have happened.
2: Setting it as her iPhone wallpaper. Yeah. Do you
4: know the emotion that goes through one's body when that happens? Like when I tell you my stomach dropped, like it didn't just drop. It came out of my asshole. <laughs> like it was bad.
2: Yeah. I truly can't imagine a worse situation. <laughs> Personally, I think that would be, that would, that would end me um before we we wrap up there's a couple other tweets of yours about things that you hate that i'll have you uh elaborate on one of which is people who don't like garlic
4: i tweeted that
2: you had something um this will probably get you canceled and it needs to be said if you don't like garlic we can't be friends we
4: can't be friends we can't be friends garlic is like First of all, is it an herb or is it a vegetable? We don't really know, but it should be in everything in mass quantities. I don't care if my breath stank after; it means I had a quality meal.
2: Sure, I've not thought about what garlic is actually. I'm gonna. Where go does ahead. it come from?
4: The ground.
2: Well, yeah, I guess everything comes from the ground at some point.
4: And what um, these garlic haters don't realize is they keep you safe from vampires. So I'm safe. Yeah. You're not.
2: Um, well, on that note, um, there go. where can people find you and your work?
4: Oh, gosh. You can find me anywhere on all the social medias. It's at Mr. D times three, M-R-D-T-I-M-E-S, the number three. And then I'm probably coming to a city near you. You can get tickets to any of my shows at Mr. D times three dot com very quickly here. I don't know when this comes out, but. Doing a lot of California dates, basically all of Texas, Nashville, which can't wait for get that hot chicken. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be to and fro here and there. and would love to see you. And also, not blowing smoke up your ass. This was fun. You have a fun podcast, and I, I Thank really you. loved this. This was really cool.
2: All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week?
3: This week, we're talking about the local elections in NYC, baby. Early voting has begun. Make sure you have a voting plan in place. Voting for your local elections is a big deal. It really matters. And if you don't vote in NYC, if that does not apply to you, guess what? You should probably check in on when your local elections take place because they might just be sneaking up right on you and you want to be prepared.
2: Yeah. Let's get into uh, the TV we've been watching this week. What have you been watching
3: I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'm so excited. It's Joe Firestone's special. One of our absolute all-time favorite guest complainers, Joe Firestone, has a special on Peacock called Good Timing with Joe Firestone. Where I'm sure that listeners know this already, but she has been working with a class of seniors, um, senior citizens, not seniors in high school, to uh, do a comedy class with them. And they put on a show and it is a special featuring that class and their performance. And I I just cannot wait to watch it. So that is what I'm watching this I'm week. I'm so excited. What about you?
2: I am excited to watch that. Uh, and I've been watching succession oh uh, it's back it's baby. back I have watched all or, you know I watched the first two seasons and I decided to go back and rewatch the first two before the third one premiered uh-huh. and I watched all two seasons in two days literally 28 full hours of television in <laughs> 48 hours and yeah I mean I am a ruthless business person now but I'm fully prepared. I mean, I just one of my favorite shows, I think.
3: Ever. It's so good.
2: (laughs) What is your non-TV chaser?
3: My non-TV chaser is extremely specific, but I have been coveting this leather backpack for three years now from this guy at the Brooklyn Flea who makes handcrafted leather products. And there's this racing green leather backpack that I was like, that is the most beautiful bag I've ever seen. It's perfect for both professional situations, but then also just like carrying around. And um, it is very expensive, but I I got a promotion at work, and I decided now is uh-huh. the time. Um, I am I am getting this backpack. And I did. And every time I've walked by it, Alex hates this backpack probably now because I just go, look at that sexy backpack. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I will be posting on the Instagram. Don't worry. I know everyone's shaking, just waiting to see. Um, I will be posting it. She's beautiful. I love her. She truly brings me so much joy. I was thinking about what my chaser would be this week. And then I looked down and I saw her and I was like, of course, right, my new backpack. What about you? Um, Are you sane and healthy?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I also want to clarify that you, if people don't know, you have a full time job at Pineapple Street Studios, but outside of this podcast. So just to clarify, I did not give you a promotion um, (laughs) because that would be out of the question. You got a promotion at your actual job. But yes, to be clear, I would never promote you. So
3: thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to know. What's your non- TV chaser this week?
2: <laughs> My chaser, if you can hear it. Mm.
3: Wow. Wow.
2: Tea, bitch. <laughs> i I mean, it is fully hot tea season in New York, although it's back up to like eighty degrees today. so who knows? but I it is back. I just forget oftentimes how much I do enjoy a nice a nice cup of afternoon tea.
3: Yeah. Slash,
2: I usually make like a mint tea after dinner mm-hmm. and then it, it makes me feel like I didn't just eat an entire heavy meal, even though I did.
3: Or a giant bowl of tiramisu like we did last, last night. Yeah,
2: I will say, honestly, that might have been one of my... It wasn't even like that high quality of a tiramisu, but just the presentation of... It was truly a bucket of tiramisu. (laughs) It was more tiramisu than two people could possibly eat. It also cost $18, which is insane for a dessert.
3: I didn't even look at that price. (laughs) I was just like, tiramisu, yes. Also
2: for the quantity of, of tiramisu that you got, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But it was truly a bucket of it. But then it had like a, a beautiful sheep on <laughs> in cocoa powder it was on the so top. Cute. So it was worth it.
3: Again, we'll be posting on the Instagram. Don't even worry. We did take pictures with it. It was so cute and delicious. But I do
2: forget how much. Yeah. Like uh, I, this is the most basic thing to be calling out. But like, yeah, a cup of coffee or tea with a dessert. Mm chef's kiss luxury anyway hot culinary tip drink tea with your dessert (laughs) that's it for today's show thank you for listening to unhappy hour if you want more unhappy hour shit and obviously you do you can head straight to my patreon page where you'll get video of bonus worst things first stories that are cut from every episode video of extended guest complainer interviews an entire separate podcast feed of all the bonus stories every single week so it's basically like a second day of unhappy hour shit that you get every single week you can also buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com as always head to apple Podcasts, spotify odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y wherever you get podcasts follow us rate us review us but only if it's nice i don't want to hear your shit Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlene Revelo, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601 600 rant. That's 601 600 7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye bye. It was a mash. A monster mash. It was a mash. I don't know how that song goes.